Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey podcast brought to you by Tricress. We are on a mission to make it happen for every ambitious SME on the planet and we're doing that by delivering you fantastic tried and tested business coaching and consulting through our app called Fuel My Business. We're also doing that through a network of talented and highly experienced Tricrest partners who are on the ground business coaches and consultants. But for today, you're going to hear from real life entrepreneurs and business owners who are on all kinds of journeys, the beginning, the middle and the end. We want you to learn from this and know that you are not alone. Enjoy. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey podcast. Today I have Jack Sutcliffe with me. He is the CEO of Power Sheds. Yes, that's right, Power Sheds. And I've got a million and one questions to ask him about Power Sheds and what that actually means. Um, so, Jack, hello, how are you? Hello, yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, that's an absolute pleasure. Now, one of the reasons I've got you on the podcast is you won an award at the Great British Entrepreneur Awards this year, and you won Disruptor of the Year for the Yorkshire, Northwest and Humber region. Yes. Congratulations. But it's not the only award you've won, is it? What else have you won this year? Yeah, we've we've had, I mean, we've, we've only been going... Uh, 19 months now so we started at the beginning of last year um, and yeah we've won that award which was a regional award but we also won a few national awards so we've won the the best new business for the national Lloyd's business awards we've won the um, the eBay award for innovation at the eBay for business awards we're a finalist in the SME national business awards um, so yeah we're doing we're doing all right overall you are right so what how have you managed to create a business out of sheds and win all those awards so it started by myself and a colleague uh simon and we worked at a shed manufacturing company for quite a long time simon was there for 29 years i was there for 11 years and at the end of 2018 we decided that we can do this ourselves and do something different and do something better and so we made the decision to leave and, and set up on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so we devised a product range which um, is quite innovative. Other companies have done little bits of, of similar things and, and, and done a few bits in what we've, we've done our whole range on. But no one's done a complete whole range of a standalone product in the way that we've done it. So there's quite a lot of differences with, with us to other shed companies. It's, it's quite a commodity market. It's uh, unbranded. It, it takes six to eight weeks to get a shed. So we wanted to, to change that and do something different. So we've, we're trying to make the, the, the market branded. So we try to be a, a brand in the industry because you generally not have heard of a brand of a shed company. No. Um, <clears throat> and then we've created a kind of a modular format shed. So even though modular is not original, um, we've done it in a way that every one of our 320 models is is 
made from 50 different, just 50 components, which means it's it's scalable. Um, and we've done it to allow every one of our sheds and components to fit on a single pallet. Mm -hmm. So this means <clears throat> rather than waiting six weeks for a shed to come from a manufacturer who delivers it themselves, we send it out on a pallet and it can go for a pallet delivery network. And so it can go next day or three days. So no longer do you have to wait six weeks for a shed. We can get one to you anywhere in the country for, for next day delivery or anywhere in Europe for a week in, within a week. So yeah. it's it's kind of, I compare it a little bit to the mattress industry where someone brought out a mattress in a box and it kind of changed the industry. Now it's quite a hard thing to deliver, but when you put it in a box, it's an easy thing to deliver. You can pick your own delivery date, you can have a time delivery date. And that's what we, we're doing with sheds and, and we've, as well as having a, a branded product, a better quality product is a bit more expensive, but, but the fact that you get a good product in a quicker time frame means that it's it's taken off that's incredible who knew you could innovate around sheds <laughs> i'm sure you can innovate around anything but um but yeah it's it's, it's a it's a lucrative market it's, it's everybody who's got a garden generally has a shed and i think it was coupon coupon showed it was one and a half million sheds about each year but yet the market has no manufacturer who owns more than five percent market share so it's quite unique in that respect it's got it's got a lot of small independent manufacturers throughout the country just looking after the local area because it is hard to deliver there are a number of ma national manufacturers but but a lot of them are, are dealing with the companies like b&q where it's unbranded it's, it's just cheap and thin wood and and, and and not a good quality timber there's very few in fact next to none who do a good quality more expensive shed, thicker timber, higher grade, but yet caters for the whole of the country and delivers in a quick time frame. That is phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. I, I spent a year in the logistics industry, so I understand the issues around delivering awkward sized and shaped things. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you've overcome that hurdle is pro possibly one of the biggest hurdles to overcome. Um, and, and have you sort of patented the technology that you're using to get everything on a pallet or what, how uh, have you done that? There's it, not really what you can do in terms of protection. It's it's something that's quite commonplace. Every, a lot of shed companies have done modular sheds for manufacturing reasons mainly. So there's there's three or four companies who are, who are delivering some of their range on a pallet, but no one's delivering their whole range. And I don't think anyone's quite seen um, how the benefits of that if they get it right and they package it in a certain way and and I'm sure more will follow mm. but uh, I mean one of the biggest reasons we didn't want to deliver it because it's of the headache of of having a dealing managing our own transport where you have to have your own drivers and if we're delivering so many sheds across the country we're not going to be in Southampton every day so we can't allow the customer to to pick a day for delivery and we're not a delivery company so we're not an expert so so outsourcing that aspect has allowed us to concentrate on the other other areas and let them do the, the bit that they're good at. And it might be a little bit more expensive, but you get that convenience factor and it's, it's easier for us to manage. One of the little bits of research I was doing before um, came on the podcast was how quite a few of my friends have been ordering sheds. And yeah. there's a bit of a problem at the moment in lead time. And one of my friends was trying to order a shed and she was told next June, now we're recording yeah. this in December 2020 and she was told June 2021. 
So how are you over, right, you've got the logistics sorted out. What about the supply chain in terms of the wood and things like that? How are you still getting sheds to people in a fairly short time scale? Yeah, it, is, it has been a, a challenging year for the industry. So mm. it's, it's, it, the, the demand has been overwhelming with everybody being at home in the garden rather than going on holiday and people got, has got money to spend on things for the house or for the garden, they need somewhere to put it. So it's, it's demand has been a lot higher than anticipated. So we've done a few different things. I mean, timber's been in short supply and the prices mm. are going up. That's made things harder. Um, raw materials such as like ironmongery coming in or glass from coming in from places like China is more difficult. There's, there's challenges at the moment bringing in containers uh, because a lot of them are full of PPE. So the, the price of bringing in the container is, has, has gone up dramatically. So they're trying to drive things in instead of ferrying them from China. So there's been supply issues for a lot of companies. We've <clears throat> managed supply quite well. We have good relationships with our suppliers, which has been important. We've forward ordered, forward ordered quite a lot. So I spent quite a lot of money on getting a good three or four months of stuff in and just kept ordering and keeping on top of it. But the, the one thing that we did do, which nobody else did, is that when it became too much for us, we actually turned off a lot of our website, our retail channels. So we turned off our website, we turned off Amazon, we turned off eBay, we turned off um, Wayfair. And other companies took every order possible because they didn't know how long this demand would last for. We thought it was the best decision to look after our trade customers. So the garden centers who, are, uh, who take orders, they might not be as high a margin, but because we feel that they're going to be in there for the long term, looking after them is the best long term decision for the for the business. And um, we think it's the right thing to do because some of those garden centres had closed down. Mm. They had to shut for, for COVID. And so they took orders remotely. We kept some of them still ticking over. In fact, some of them are probably still in business. So ethically, we thought it was the right thing to do. And then it means that after that surge at the beginning when, when lockdown happened and everybody was then behind by six months, we was on top of deliveries. And so we, we, we didn't have to spend any money on marketing and still sold. We had quicker lead times than everybody else. So we, we've kind of slowed it down to keep on top of it throughout the year. Great. Um, I'm forever, when I work with my clients, I'm forever saying, you know, sometimes you need to slow down to speed up. Yeah, and and you're a relatively young business, and a lot of people would have thought, God, that's quite a brave decision, because obviously switching off those major routes to market online would have felt a bit scary. Did it feel a bit scary doing that? It did. Um, yeah, I mean, it, part of our long-term strategies is our online reputation, so looking after customers and keeping our review scores as good as what they are, and and I think with a the highest rated shed company on Trustpilot. And if we'd have started having lead time stretching and stretching and stretching, because it you can see them going up daily mm. and it gets to a point where, yeah, we're going to struggle now. And and if we'd have got to one month, two months, or even in some cases, like your, your friend was six months, people just aren't prepared to wait that long. They get angry or upset. And then, if, and then what happens is it's six months, but then five months in, it gets delayed by another two months because things, other things have not done. We just didn't want to be in that position of a headache and a difficult situation to deal with. Shed sales are going to happen all year round. It's not something like they're going to stop. So we were happy to be patient and wait for the sales at the latter part of the year than having them all coming at once and then just have this forever backlog, which we couldn't deal with. 
Makes sense. So have you switched on those routes to market again now, like the Wayfair and the eBay? And Yeah. Well, we're now at the, now at the stage where um, not many people buy sheds at this time of year because of the weather. Yeah. Um, but, but because of the second lockdown, people still are. So there, there is still a demand. But we've, um, but we've got to the stage where we were um, selling less than we could manufacture. So everything's now turned back on. Right. Amazon back on, Wayfair's back on. Um, and so next year, because we, we, of the factory that we leased, was a, it was a 10,000 square foot factory and we, we hit capacity this year. So we couldn't scale up anymore. We turned the channel and we couldn't produce anymore because we didn't have the space. Um, so we just signed a lease for a 48,000 square foot site, which is just down the road. So we can move next year into a bigger premises, uh, increase capacity by at least five times, retain the existing site, which we're going to do something else with. Uh, so next next year, if it does increase further, which we think it will, I think the demand will be high again, mm. then we'll, we should have the room to, to grow and cope with extra sales. That is phenomenal. How, how many people did you start off employing 18, 20 months ago and how many people have you got now? So in April 2019, there was just me and Simon. So the first, right. the first month we sold 14 sheds. Wow. Um, um, me and Simon cut them, manufactured them, treated them, packed them, sent them, took the orders. Uh, so by the end of the year, we had 12 staff and we've now got 36. So there's 36 staff and we're doing 300 sheds a week. Wow. Um, whereas next year we want to be doing between 1,000 and 1,500. 1, so we want another sort of 40, 50 staff to come in in the next three to four months in our new site. So we, we busy at the moment setting up the new premises. So we've, we've bought new machinery, um, getting all the electrics, all the saws sorted out. So yeah, at the moment we, we're setting up this new site ready to move in, in in hopefully January. That's fantastic. That That's a really good news story for businesses across the UK in that you're employing people. Um, I'm guessing you've been, when you put an ad out there for people, have you been fairly overwhelmed with applications? Yeah, we have. We're in we're in a good position where our site is kind of in between Leeds, Bradford, Huddersfield, Halifax. So um, it's in a good position for for recruitment anyway. But now, yeah, you put in an ad, and there's literally too many CVs to look through. So you look through the first batch and find some people, and then and then yeah, it's it's a sad state of affairs that there's so many people out of work. Mm. But it, it's it's yeah, we've had so many people who's joined us this year, who's never worked in manufacturing before, who's, we've got someone who's worked in a coffee shop before, who's one of our best manufacturers now, for example. It's, it's, it's a job that we've kind of de-skilled in the way that with a couple of weeks of training, you can pick it up and then it's just practice and practice and practice to get better. Right. Um, but yeah, we've, we've, we just look for people with a good attitude and a good work ethic. And that's the sort of people who we want to come and work for us and we'll teach them the rest. Yeah. The, the, the amount of people who's who's applied is yeah, incredible, really. She's not uh, very it, good for the economy. But. No, I know, but at least you are a, a, an employer and a growing employer, and it sounds like you're going to grow even more next year. By the end of next year, how many staff do you think you'll have? I think 70 to 80. So, so the plans, once we set up the, the, the new shed manufacturing site, where we are now, that's going to be used to manufacture log cabins, and that's more for people working at home. So... If you have a, an office in the garden, which that's 
six to eight months for a cabin at the moment. So if we can get that up and running, we'll always we'll already have a good head start because you won't be able to find a cabin very quickly unless you come to us. So I think that's a good market that we can get into as well. I'm so glad you've said that because when I was looking at your website, I was thinking, I wonder if he does like garden cabiny things because <laughs> I I like many people have been working from home and I quite fancy a garden cabiny thing. Um, to either set up my office in or as a, as a kind of a, a different space to be in outside of the house. Um, so I, I will watch with interest. You can put me on my, your email list and let me know when they come yeah. in stock. <laughs> well, I, I think the market's, I don't, I don't think it's going to go back to what it was. I think even after it's all over, I think people are now going to be working at home a lot more. Can't see that going back to everyone back in the office. I don't know how you feel about that. But. Well, I, I worked from home anyway, and my office was always my client's premises. So I was always out and about going to different clients, um, always delivering work, either in their office or in a, a hotel or whatever. Um, so I miss seeing other people's offices and workplaces, and I miss that traveling bit. Um, and I liked the balance. And I think that's what most people will feel is that they want a bit of a balance of a bit of going to a workplace and a bit of being at home and I think like the the garden room the the lodge in the in the garden is going to be a really nice way of getting that balance actually yeah, yeah so I think it could be good. yeah when you get your shed when you order it do you have to put it up yourself or do you offer a kind of shed erection service you generally have to put it up yourself so uh, it comes with instructions. We've done some some videos to show you how to assemble it as well. We do get very few people ringing up to question things. Uh, mm -hmm. So we think people are you know, finding it all right. It's not too difficult to do. You need probably a drill and a hammer but, right. um, and a base to put it on. Um, we've, 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 in previous employment, we've done, um, we've managed installation and it's, it's a difficult one. It's one that's requires installers who subcontractor throughout the country and it's another area where we thought you know, do we want another problem another headache to deal with because even though some of them are brilliant at installing they're not always the best at communication and, uh, and managing a diary um, and it's, it's difficult to set up our own employed installers just to do us or our sheds around the country so we decided to stay away however if someone wants installation we'll, we'll give them the number of a recommended installer and then they can speak to that person and, and, and book and install, but we won't take a cut. We'll just stay out of that. That sounds sensible. So your business model is just keep it simple. Yes. Focus on what you're really good at and, and streamline it. Yeah, we've done that as well with the product itself. So many of our competitors have a shed and then a million one ways in which you can customize it. Loads of different extras different thicknesses of roofs available, different thicknesses of floor, different thicknesses of felt, um, different colours of this and different colours of the of the shingles for the roof. And, and we've stripped all that, that out because we find that people feel that's a bit overwhelming. They don't, they don't know what thickness roof to get. They don't know what thickness felt to get. They're not, they're not a shed expert. So rather than going the, let's give you a million options, we've, we've sort of put it down into here's your shed do you want a single door or a double door do you want windows or no windows and that's pretty much it Brilliant. so that's the shed that we're selling 
that's a good enough quality. You don't need to go thicker or thinner. If you go thinner, it'll be worse. So we've we've made the number of options so small that it's an easy decision for the for the buyer. And and I think everyone else is going the other way and, and is trying to do more extras and more and more uh, cross selling and upselling. But we've done it the way that let's keep it as simple as possible so that we can scale. It's eco, it's stress free, is what we like to say, and it's um it's the model that we've chosen. Yeah, and now my uh, head of brand lady said, when everybody's zigging, you zag. So when everybody's adding mm -hmm. on the extras, you're going, no, let's just strip it back and make it really simple. Um, and, and you're right, when people are faced with too much choice, they freeze, don't they? They don't know what to do. Yeah, so when it's a product that you don't, when you look at a shed on a picture, they all look the same, but then when you get into it and find that it's, um, yeah, some are thicker than some are not. Um, I don't know if you can hear me. Can you hear me right? I can. No, I can hear you. It went, it went unstable then for a second. But yeah, so it, we've when somebody doesn't know what they're looking for, we want to make it as easy as possible for them. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Right, ultimately, Jack, the um, the ultimate goal of the business, the power shed business, five ten years from now, what do you want the business to look like? I would like it to be that we that we're now a branded company that everybody's heard of. So I want, and it's a cliche, but you've heard of a Dyson vacuum cleaner. We want we want to do something with sheds so so that people do do know who we are and do know who the shed brand is and and have that leverage. I would like to, with the capability of delivering pallets to Europe, I want to be able to sell sheds throughout Europe. Brilliant. Um, because. When we've done our research, if we ship a shed to Germany or France, it's still cheaper with a delivery charge than them getting it locally. So I no think there's way. a bit. So I think there's a bit. I think there's a lot of it's a lot of plastic stuff and, and metal stuff in those areas. So not not many people they don't have a similar product that we have. It's a very British thing, this wooden shed. Is um, it? But I do think that we looked at search volumes and stuff for sheds and wooden sheds in those areas. People are. Are interesting people are coming to us now saying can you ship to us we had one this morning wanting to us to deliver a shed to malta no so, yeah we're getting we're getting demand across the world and we just want to get to the position where people can find us i've never i've never thought of a shed as being a british thing but now you come to mention it when you go abroad you don't really see them do you i think metal sheds are big abroad and plastic sheds yeah uh, but not necessarily uh, wooden ones. I think climate's got something to do with it because it's a natural product so timber can move and twist and warp and so um, it might not do well in places like Dubai but I think it'd be fine in Germany and France and stuff. Yeah yeah definitely. Brilliant. So you're going to have this power shed brand um, yeah. and how many people do you see self-employing and how are you going to retain because it sounds like you've got a great culture going from what I'm kind of gathering from our conversation. How are you going to make sure that you keep that that sort of lean, simple approach as as you grow? Yeah, I think that's going to be one of our biggest challenges. It's it's already difficult sometimes to keep staff happy. We try and do little things to keep them going all the time from buying them little advent calendars or, or birthday cards and things like that but as we grow Simon and I are very hands-on so Simon will be 
helping manufacture or helping pack, I'll be answering the phone, taking orders, and it's, it's going to get to a stage where we need a good management team um, to help us keep expanding and keep growing. And, and Simon and I will have to not be on the operation side so much and, and getting involved so much and looking at the strategy more. So I think that's the next step is, is we've grown in such a short space of time that 36 members of staff and 90% of those are all doers and there's not much in terms of supervision apart from just a couple of team leaders or supervisors. So we need to get the structure of the company correct in the next couple of years, which will allow us to, to manage those people and, and have a better structure for them and have reviews and have values that we want to push out to people and, mm. and, and get that. And I think that'll come with, with time and some assistance from other good people. And some, Somebody like me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> when, when I asked to interview you, I had no idea that that was all going on but I was just doing um, a workshop with a client and we've just I helped them identify their purpose vision and values back in April and we've been working on getting them embedded and I just was with their senior team and the partners working on how we're going to embed that they've just finished their appraisal annual appraisal and that was the first system that we embedded the purpose vision and values into no sorry second because the other one was bids and tenders and the feedback's been brilliant and uh, things like making it easier to have conversations and um, feedback, we're getting hugely positive. We're winning more bids and tenders. So yeah, it, it is, it's, it is good stuff. It's dead interesting as well when you start getting into that. Um, yeah, it's something that where we've got, um, so all HR was managed by ourselves, me and Simon, and we've, 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 um, we've just recruited a new HR manager, very experienced. I think that's, That'll help us. And one of the first tasks will be a, a staff survey of, of of their thoughts on on does your manager say thank you? Does 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 do you get effective communication from it? So a, a way for us to really find out where we are as a as a company and what the staff do feel and want and need. And and I think that'll be a good first task for the for the HR person to come in and do and a good way for them to learn about us as well. And then we can see there where we go from and what we need to do. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely right. How do you feel as a as quite a hands-on type person? How do you feel about moving away from that hands-on role and into a more strategic kind of leadership role? I'm all right. I'm start. I've started doing it a little bit already. There's certain things that it's difficult to pass on. So the marketing side of it, I enjoy. Right. So I don't know if I'll ever pass it on. Uh, the other bits that I want to get. I want to pass on like the HR, the health and safety to people who know more than I do. So the HR person will know more about HR than I do. We'll have a H health and safety consultant who is more qualified than I am. So the better person for that role. So it makes sense for me to give up areas that, that it's not my speciality. So there's certain things that, yeah, it's difficult to give up, but then I only have so much time in the day that to do things. So it is the right decision to, and it also, it's been to the point in the past two years where it's, it's that reliant on, on me and Simon that we can't have time off. Mm. Um, and we want to be at the, the level where we can have a holiday or we can have some time off for yeah. the family and, and stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's important for, the, for us to get to that stage, but we're not quite there just yet. What do you do when you're not doing sheds? Um, well, I have, um, I have a twin. So just 
a week before I set up the company, we had twin babies. No way. Yeah, so uh, if I'm not running the business, I'm I'm running after two one-year-olds. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's other than that, I don't do much. Uh, You've got no time, boys, girls, uh, one of each. One of each. How yeah. exciting! Right. Okay. That's yeah. So. There is an expression, there's never a good time to start a business or have a baby. There's never a perfect time to start a business or have a baby. You've done both and you've done the having a baby bit, which is three times. It's not just twice as hard. It's three times as hard yeah. having twins. <laughs> no, the, the, thing, the, the best thing about them is that they sleep. So I, uh, if, if they didn't sleep, it would have been difficult. And yeah, my 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 wife Laura's very good. We we both know what we need to do, and and sometimes I'm at work a bit too much, but she knows that if I'm not, I could come home and be unhappy, and that could be un, unhealthy in the in the relationship. So it's it's good that we have our we can still do what we want to do, and and, and as long as we communicate with each other, it's working. I think that's fantastic. And and what the listeners can't see is that you're still smiling. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> you've still you've still got all your hair and uh you actually look quite cool calm and collected are you kind of like the swan paddling like mad underneath or are you really fairly cool calm and collected um i try not to get angry or upset or emotional if i, if I possibly can mm. um try and take my time with certain things if a member of staff comes to me and, and asks me something I'll go away and think about it and then come back when I've thought of the best decisions. So I, I do take my time to, I do in the, I do make decisions quickly, but then I, if it's something that involves a, some sort of emotion, I'll, I'll try and take my time because then I'll handle the situation better. But yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't get angry very often. Oh. And do you think having, being a dad and being a boss at the same time has helped, has one helped the other, do you think? Oh, I don't know. Um, not really. No, <laughs> it just really. makes everything ten times harder. It is. I go home when it's and it's completely different. I'm, I go home when the, the babies are there and and yeah, and I try to stay awake and keep them entertained. And it's a different, it's completely different. It's like two worlds, and I do I do love them both. But yeah, I feel I'm, I'm more I'm more at comfort at work than I am at home sometimes. Yeah, it, it's easier. I've interviewed many um, women who've been off on maternity leave and then gone back to work and went, yeah, it's 10 times easier being at work than being at home yeah. with kids. Definitely, definitely. Right, so if your business had a character and a personality, Jack, how would you describe it? A character, a personality, as in a, a cartoon character. Or... You can have a cartoon <laughs> character if you like. I don't mind. Um, I'd say Popeye is the cartoon <laughs> character. With it being powerful, with it being strong, um, a good person. So we like to be good. We like to do good things. Um, we've, we've received quite a few grants to help us along the way, which has been very greatly received. We've got one for next year to help us with the move. And <clears throat> part of that grant is that we need to show that we're doing inclusive growth. So we've... Um, <clears throat> doing a lot now for like 
cycle to work schemes and other transport solutions for sustainability and lowering congestion and 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 when we can car sharing um so we're working on that um but any other things we can do for the local area we <clears throat> we're trying to do I'm, I'm trying to put myself forward for things like this and and, and other things in in our area which tells our story to help people so yeah. I, I try to think we're a good company an honest company that that does right by the customer we we do get um don't get many complaints but if we do we'll do everything we can to put it right even if we end up losing money on that sale it's it's leaving that that experience in a in a good way yeah. we'll we'll get that wrong part out the next day so we do make mistakes and but we fix them incredibly quickly and yeah. we'll, we'll we'll concentrate on a customer service inquiry or complaint <clears throat> more than a sale so that I've, I've i've found that in other companies i've worked for the prioritized sales concentrate on the sales emails deal the customer service ones afterwards whereas mm. we do it the other way around and we feel that is the right thing to do is to sort out the existing customers before you get new ones yeah you're right the the you're absolutely right one of the models that we use the economic engine the last piece of the circle is is the relationships and it's the relationships with your customers that have either just bought or aren't necessarily buying at the moment and Mm. those so often get forgotten in a business don't they yeah and it's it's one thing that our industry struggles with because generally you don't get much repeat custom you buy a shed Mm. and then you won't see them for 20 years but we still feel it's one the right thing to do. But secondly, they are. It's the old cliche that you do get people telling of good experiences, and and we get so many people who now look at reviews and and yeah. look at and come to us because they heard from a friend that ours were good, and and that is what we want to keep doing as we grow. Is we want to keep that customer service side and that reputation that is our priority. So it's it's like we pick our staff and our customers above short-term profit and that's how I think we feel we need to, to keep doing as we, as we grow. Brilliant that's fantastic I'm going to recommend you to my friend who is right, who now no longer has to wait six months for her shed which yeah. is brilliant um that I, I'm do you know when I was doing my research I thought this is going to be interesting but actually I didn't realize how interesting it was and your growth story is fantastic and I can understand why you've won so many awards and I'm sure you will go on to win many more awards actually and I'm looking forward to watching the progress of the business um I think it's fantastic congratulations Jack and uh, you. are you going to get time off over Christmas uh yeah yeah Good. we've got new offices to paint and to to set up but yeah I need and we need some time off it's we, we turn off the phone lines for a couple of weeks. We have um, staff get four weeks holiday. One of their weeks is at Christmas, so they get the week off plus the bank holidays. So Great. it's a good time to shut down and, and recoup ready for next year Brilliant. and then get going again. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And best of luck for the business. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to our Entrepreneurial Journey podcast. You can find us at tricrest.com and you can find Feel My Business there too. Answer the 12 questions in less than 60 seconds and find out exactly what's happening in your business. And then even better, learn how to fix it. Did you know you can access our Tricrest partners through Feel My Business too? Just upgrade your subscription and you can get access to them in a group coaching session once a month or even one-to-one. Enjoy. Thank you.